What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Eve Bright, and we have an incredible conversation digging into how stress is self-induced, how being present is the hardest thing and most important with our families, and how to let your kids be kids. Enjoy meeting my friend, Eve. Eve, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes, brother. Thank you so much for peeling away and spending some time talking fatherhood with me. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So I got uh, introduced to Chris uh, Jelinella and he connected us. He's a rad dude. So when I asked him, hey, who's a couple rad dads that you think that I should connect with? Your name came up. Why do you think that when asked that question, he would jump to thinking of you? Um, you know, we both have kids and I think that we were having lunch one day and we were having like a conversation about, you know, our kids. And, um, I think he was going through something with his and I just kind of like, just kind of like vomited a bunch of stuff onto him that like, I think resonated with him and helped him out. Uh, that's um, good. You know, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's easy to talk about it. Yes, for sure. Uh, I love it. So you were willing to be vulnerable and open with whatever your stories were to share with him. Um, and what an honor for somebody, you know, I mean, one of our greatest things we'll ever do is fatherhood. So for him to think of you pretty incredible. So to kind of give people an idea of who I'm talking to, I'm just going to ask you some random questions, uh, to help people understand who I'm talking to. So Eve, how old do you find yourself today? You know, that's a great question because I, I heard not too long ago, they're like, if you didn't know how old you were, how old would you think you were? And I think that resonates more so than like an actual day um, yeah. or a year or you know, how many years, you know? So I, I feel like I'm around like, you know, barely 30. Uh, I just turned 50 in July. So what keeps you feeling that Cause obviously it's not just a mental thing, right? You're not like a, a fat slob sitting on your couch, having this conversation with me. You're in shape, you're living life. What is giving you that vibrant, I feel 30 uh, mentality towards life? Um, so you can probably relate to this being that you surf and all. Uh, I started surfing when I was pretty much on the eve of my ninth birthday. And uh, I often say that like surfing chose me. I, hmm. my family didn't surf. My friends didn't surf. Uh, I was at Hermosa Beach with my family and I was on a boogie board and I just started standing up on the boogie board and I was like, whoa, I don't know what this is, but I think I want to do this. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward all these years later, I've had uh, a a fun career in surfing uh, professionally and um, I'm in the water every day. It's way's been really fun lately. I've been double sessioning and um, I really feel like the ocean has a interesting way of mm. keeping us really young. Um, and I'm really passionate as a person. So when I'm surfing, I, 
I still feel like that Grom, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. still trying to catch as many waves as I can. Um, still trying to get, you know, do everything I, I, I've always done, um, to the best of my ability. And I've never once wanted to stop. So I think the mentality is to just always want to be better, continue being better. And if you're continuously trying to be better, then you're not, you're not subscribing to, oh my God, I'm at this age. Mm-hmm, I need mm-hmm. to slow down. I need to not do that anymore. Yeah. So a question for you, just based on the way that you're communicating this to me, when you're out there chasing waves, is it from a mindset of performance or is it from a mindset of, I just really enjoy this? Uh, it's performance based, but also enjoy it. Like, you know, it's surfing is really addicting. Um, yeah. it's like one of the most addicting things you can, you can do. Um, and it's really rehabilitating. It's, it's therapeutic. Um, you know, there's like one of those things where like, I don't know, whatever you do in life, you can have like a really tough day and you can go out in the ocean and everything is forgotten. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, it takes all your focus and you do a lot of maybe like, you know, without even thinking about it, like a lot of meditation out there, you're always thinking, you know, um, but it's, I mean, I, I love to perform. I love surfing at a high level. So, uh, if I stop surfing at a high level, I might not, you know, be as excited to do it, but that's what I'm after. I'm yes. striving to continue to be at a high level. Yeah. But you enjoy the pro you, you enjoy progress. Sounds like hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. All right. So feel 30 going after life, love to surf. Um, <clears throat> how old are your kiddos? So my daughter just turned 16. And my nice. son is 11. Nice. And then married? Yes. And married how many? For, well, going on 19 years. Dude, congrats, and, bro. Thank you. And together for, I think, 24. Love it. Love it. Okay. So you got the boy, you got the girl. You're at yeah. super fun stages. Um, and then where do you all live? We live in uh, Mar Vista, West LA. Okay. So really close to Venice Beach, Santa Monica. Nice. And then you've talked about professional surfer what else do you do for a living i hate this question the reason i ask the question is because i think it helps dudes realize that fatherhood is a level playing field like you could literally say anything that you you know for what you do for a living yet you still have a daughter that just turned 16 and every dude who has a daughter who turned 16 is dealing with the same emotions of like oh shit and here we go and i want to show up as a dad so with yeah. that what is it that you do for a living? Okay. So this is like, I am like one of those people that wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my family owns an auto parts warehouse, which they've done for almost 45 years. Um, I started off as a professional surfer. I jumped into modeling, which kind of parlayed into acting and acting is something that I truly love doing as well. Awesome. Um, so that parlayed into photography and photography is something that I've been doing for like the last maybe 10 years, um, professionally. And I love doing that. So I still surf, I still act, I still am a photographer and I still help run my family's business. Lots going on. There's a lot going on. 
So with all that going on, what are some of your hacks to stay, I hate the word balance, but to stay in balance or stay in tune or stay present as a dad and husband? So um, the family business was a business that like I had to kind of help out with. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't something that like I truly enjoyed that business. Um, It was very much of a grind you know, uh, eight thirty to five and I would have to surf super early or surf after and still try to find time. Like when, when my kids were younger, I would have to wake up super early before they got up, surf and come back before they, they got up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I really worked hard at like keeping surfing in my life. Um, but it was really challenging, especially like, uh, I often say it was like it, the business was sucking at my soul. So I had to modify that and change it um, to like where I only help out a little bit during the week. And then the rest is for acting, surfing, photography. And obviously kids are always number one priority. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to balance all that, but uh, keeping them in your focus. So is there anything you do like ritually to try to keep them in focus or have them a part of things or anything like that. So like, as I think about a busy dad, what's a tip or something that you would share with him to make sure he's in tune with like spending time with his daughter and in, with his kids? Um, I think like the one thing I would have to say is be present. You know, mm-hmm. it's so easy to come home um, still carrying the weight of like whatever the job is or still have like your mind focused on that. So if you can like really truly be present in the moment and know that like where you are at is where you, you are, where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you come home, like, I don't know, when I came home, it was like a completely different day. It was like, okay, work's done. Now is a different day. I always showed up with a smile. I was always happy to see them, always there for them. Um, but like to segue into the whole, if that's okay with you, yeah, about, about her turning 16. Um, I'm a firm believer that like life needs to happen. And as the way I was raised is like, my parents controlled me, mm-hmm. you know, they told me what to do, what not to do. And I just did it. Right. Um, and I didn't want my kids to grow up with that same, under that same umbrella. I wanted them to learn things on their own, make decisions on their own. And I always told them, I'd let them make their own decisions until they started making the wrong ones over and over again. Then I'd make them for them, which worked out because, you know, they're both, you know, pretty independent yet they can tell me anything. Yeah. You know, I told my daughter, you know, look, there's like nothing that she can, she's going to do um, that's going to surprise me or disappoint me. You know, I've been there, I've seen it, I've done it. So it's like, she has all the freedom in the world to tell me everything that goes on in her life. And I think that's really important as a parent. We need to know, you know, what's going on in their lives without judgment. Like it's important to, to not judge every situation to go, okay, this is maybe going to go maybe sideways, but that's okay because he or she's going to learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you find is that, um, that lever for you to go, Hey, total freedom. You're independent until you start making the wrong decisions. How do they know what the wrong decisions are? 
So like you're not controlling them, but there's some sort of value foundation maybe that's been shared so that they know, oh, well, dad, I thought I had total freedom and I did X. How would they know if that was right or wrong? Right. So um, I've never shied away from educating them on anything, Mm -hmm. but speaking to them more of like, um, not just a parent, but as like a friend and like as a peer, telling them that like, look, you know, you can, you could do drugs. Okay. But just know that you have no idea where or how it was made. You have no idea what, what drug you can take that will have an adverse reaction and change your entire life for uh, forever. Right. And I've seen it happen. I'm sure you have too. We all have had uh, family members or friends that have had their whole lives gone upside down because of a drug. And I think that, you know, it's important to get our kids into things that keep them away from those things, like, or, you know, a, a passion and where they're like, this is more important to me than trying out something that could change my life forever and, you know, in the wrong way. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, from your perspective of it, do you think that kids just people know the difference between right and wrong a bit more? And like, you were saying you felt more controlled as a child. It's like if you were given the freedom to make choices, you think you would have made better choices than kind of being told what you could and couldn't do? I, I never like really reflected on my life like that. You know, like mm-hmm. my parents were slightly different. I think it's like everything has value. Everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason, right? So the reason why I am the way I am is because I was raised the way I was raised, right? And if I was raised differently, maybe I would act differently. If things that happened in my life were different, I would be different, you know? So I, I'm more of like, I understand um, why I think the way I do and I appreciate it. Um, mm. My kids are going to probably find something that they can improve on from the way they were raised. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think what's really kind of like to regress, but what's really important is to lead by example. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's, it's like, I, I remember seeing, I don't know if it was a commercial or somebody said it once. They're like, if you want to know how you're, you're doing as a parent, like watch your kid playing with dolls, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. see how they treat their dolls. If they're like always like fighting or if they're like, like beating on their dolls or, you know, <laughs> screaming at it. Yeah. Reflection of like how you're, what you're showing them in life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, all right. I'm going to bring you back to being a new dad. Yeah. At what point did you embrace fatherhood? So you went, wow, this really matters big time. Was there any kind of thing where you went, wow, fatherhood really is a big deal? Um, I, I, I want to say it was pretty innate from like day one mm. when my, you know, my daughter was born, but I do remember this one particular story where um, we lived in a condo and our condo was butted up against an apartment building. Um, and that apartment building, like, you know, always had like younger kids partying, you know, at like until two, three in the morning. Right. And my daughter used to have, um, she's just kind of like asthmatic between like mm-hmm. one and four years old. So she would get a cold and then it would turn into a cough and, I would be up in the middle of the night a lot of times walking her around the block in a stroller to help her soothe her sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember this one night I was like, kind of like holding her in my arms and I was kind of like just bouncing up and down and trying to get her to sleep. And it, like my, re- 
my thought was, I'm so tired. And I just wanted her to sleep already, right? And then I heard these kids next door coming home drunk. And I was like, I'd rather be doing this. Hmm. You know, I'd rather be doing this than going out, partying, destroying my body and having meaningless nights. This to me is completely meaningful. And it completely changed my perspective from that point on. It was almost like there was like a little bit of like a struggle of like, come on, just go to sleep already to like, wow, I really appreciate this moment. Wow. Wow, man, that's so cool because I feel like most dudes think the opposite, right? They'd think, oh my gosh, I, I could be out doing X, Y, Z. Oh my God, I'm missing out. You know, young dad, um, I'm in this transition of like my life has changed now, but you have this total flip of gratitude to go, wow, this matters big time. Do you think that's because of like any kind of like family tradition you were shown or just innate in you to go fatherhood's a really big deal? Um, <clears throat> that's a great question. I mean, I was, I was raised, I was, I had a good childhood. Um, I did have uh, one moment where my oldest brother got into a really bad car accident. I was, I think about 14 or 15 years old. Mm. Um, and it kind of like, you know, flipped our world upside down. Yeah. And, um, and there were a lot of like, you know, really difficult days and nights that followed for a very, very long time. So I started to have an appreciation for everything that was really good. Mm -hmm. And having a kid is something that is really good. Yeah. You know? And so it, I really just, you know, I think like when you deal with enough adversity in life, you have an appreciation for the little things and you have an appreciation for the big things and you have an appreciation for everything in between. And um, being a parent is not easy. There's no, no. Man. Yeah. there's no manual, you know, like literally, you know, what is it like day two after like the baby's born? Like, they're like, all right, peace out, you know, take your baby and go. Like, I know it's so wild. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know I trip. I like, I can't jaywalk but you're going to let me leave the hospital with a baby. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> but this moment, okay. Philosophical question for you. Mm -hmm. You said having a kid is something that is really good. And you take this, um, this, you know, a, a choice of gratitude towards life and appreciation versus kind of victim. Do you think that that is choice? Like everybody could just choose to see the world that way. Or do you think there's something different about you that gives you the ability to look at life with appreciation versus look at life as like this happened to me and oh, poor me. I mean, that's an amazing question because I mean, if I'm, if I'm speaking personally, I feel like, yeah, part of me was gifted with the ability to be optimistic and positive in life, but I preached literally daily that everything is a choice. You know, like we go on the freeway, we get flipped off by somebody or like cut off by somebody for no reason. Right. And part of us had, we have that ability where we're like, whoa, when you flip, you know, yeah. you fly off the handle. Right. Or you have a choice to be like, whatever, this person, you don't even know what their story is. They might be mm -hmm. like in the hospital to like, mm -hmm. you like, you know, their parent for like the last moments, you know, you just don't know these things. And it's like, rather than getting upset, rather than, 
you know, I, I tell my kids this all the time, you know, because there's a few things I tell them a lot. But one is it's like things don't really, I mean, things happen to us that are within our control. Things happen to us that are completely outside of our control. Yeah. We choose how we want those things to affect us. Mm-hmm. Like when people go, oh, he pissed me off. I'm like, no, he didn't piss you off. You allowed yourself to be upset. You yeah. allowed yourself to not understand where he was or she was coming from. So that is a choice. Yeah. We have to practice it, but it's a choice. Yeah. We get to choose how things affect yeah. us. But what I love that you said is it's a practice. And with anything, like if I like to surf or golf or do whatever, I'm all good with practicing. But sometimes when it comes to the way I parent or the way that I show up as a husband, I like don't think I need to put that kind of day in, day out reps like I do in the gym. Um, so I just I love that idea of this is a practice and you're gonna mm-hmm. suck sometimes, but it doesn't mean you don't keep going back after it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and we we consistent I think, you know, as a parent, we have to know that we're we are our children's biggest role models for yeah. a little bit of their life at least. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. The way we we interact with each other as parents, the way we interact with other people, the way we interact with our kids, this is all like leading by example, right? So it's like, do we really need to yell at each other or can we just communicate? Mm-hmm. Can we just always communicate things? Kind of make things logical, not to say that it's not good to have an emotion, but like kind of like not always, you know, to work through emotion, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So it's almost like the work we do on ourselves is more important than the controlling we might try to do for our children. Because the more I work on myself as a man, a husband, a father, then I'm going to set a better, for lack of a different word, a better example for my kids versus just trying to control their lives because my life is out of control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that's pretty much it, right? I mean, we 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 have to practice being great people yeah. for their sake. Yeah, you know? practice being a great human being. Yeah. Um, all right, so as you were a father and you've hit a bunch of different stages of fatherhood already, what have you learned about yourself, right? So, you know, uh, surfing, life, acting, photography, you know, you've had a very full life where you're you're regularly looking in the mirror, learning about who you are, but then you have this fatherhood role where there's these two human beings that are half you. So there's probably things you like about yourself, probably things you that frustrate you about yourself. And then you see those things in your kids. So as a mirror, what have you learned about yourself through being a father to your children? You know, I think, I think being present is like the hardest thing we can do. Yeah. Right. Because as parents, we have so many responsibilities. Our, our kids' responsibilities are minute compared to what we have. You know, we have to think about bills. We have, to, there's so many more people in our lives that we know. You know, we have to take care of our parents sometimes. There's just a lot. There's a lot that goes on in an adult's life. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that there isn't a lot that goes on in a child's life, but, but being a, a parent, I, I know personally, um, it's easy to like have our mind, our thoughts, our focus spread thin. So um, it's really important for me to like always know that I need to be present 
you know, with them. And is that, so it's hard to do that would almost come back to that. It's a practice, like being present is a practice. It's definitely a practice. It it really goes back to that night, you know, where I was like, I'd rather be doing this. And, um, and you know, the other thing is, is like, they're, you know, how old are your kids? I have a nine-year-old, two 13-year-olds, a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the twins were a surprise. That's who you met when we started as the twins. They were a surprise, uh, but we tried to have one more thinking we'll have a brother or, a, you know, my son have a brother and we had a fourth girl. So that's where we <laughs> sit. Five kids. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Uh, that totally distracted me from what I was thinking. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like blown away by how many kids you have. That's amazing. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, I can't remember now. I'm like almost too present in what you were saying. Um, okay. So we're talking about what you learned about yourself. Yeah. What would you say the role of the father is? So when you think about your role, I mean, it's already coming out, right? Some of your beliefs around your role, but, but maybe take a minute or two and kind of dig deeper into what you think your role as a dad is. Uh, role model. Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically yeah. it. I mean, like you gotta, I mean, I feel like, you know, uh, as a father, I want to always keep my kids safe and I want them to always feel safe around me. Mm-hmm. But I also want to teach them that they don't need me. You know, I don't ever want to leave. I God forbid anything happens to me. I don't ever want them to think that they can't do everything on their own. Mm. So why is independence so important for you to teach your kids? Because it's, it's the future. They're going to have to be independent, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, so my my daughter, when she was entering kindergarten um, at this brand new school for her, okay, um, the principal separated the parents from the kids. So the kids go to, to the class, the parents go to this auditorium. And the first thing that the, the principal said is, today's the first day of letting go, you know? And I think what that principal was saying is like letting go of control. Mm-hmm. See, like we we want to protect our kids so much that we feel like we have to control them that way they're safe, that they don't do the wrong things. They don't go the wrong places. They don't meet the wrong people, you know. But the reality is, is that we have to let go of that control and we have to guide them to becoming great, independent adults, you know, that can do things on their own. They can think on their own. And it's hard because as a parent, like you want to be needed. Right. 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 You want them to come to you for everything. You want like to be that person for them, that rock. But you also need to want them to be their own rock. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's so good, man. It's so good right now. You know, my wife and I sat up late last night talking. Our daughter is like liking this boy right now. And so we're wrestling with this. Um, and we, so we're meeting with her to talk about it today and we're just going back and forth on like, okay, in what areas are we controlling and what areas are we giving her the freedom to make some of these decisions so that we don't push her to where she's just going to do stuff without talking to us. We want to be where she could talk to us. So it's just, you know, dude, life of having a 16 year old daughter, life of being a dad, you know, those are the moments, uh, to make, to make effort and priority. So the whole idea around control has really just been on my mind. Cause I think I could fall into just 
it's so much easier if I just say no to you right now about yeah. X, Y, or Z. <clears throat> yeah. But is that what's best for you? Right. And a lot of times, probably not. Yeah. So my my daughter's first like that not such great experience. Well, actually, I'll go back to this. When she was like, I think eight or nine, we had a neighbor um, who had a, who had two girls. Mm-hmm. The older girl started to bully my daughter in a, like a very harmless way. But yeah. I was like, I was really kind of happy about it. I was like, mm. she's gonna get her first taste of getting bullied. She may never you know experience this again. But she needs to have this experience. And it's really under this like controlled environment. And it's, yeah. it's harmless, right? Right. Fast forward a couple, two, three years, four years, she first starts getting into boys. She meets this kid and he is a hundred percent red flag. Not a good, <laughs> not a good kid. Right. You know I mean? This guy looks like a player at like 13 years old. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is perfect. She's mm-hmm. going to be able to identify what a player is. Mm-hmm. So like as a dad who I consider myself to be like a pretty cool dad who I can talk to my daughter about anything, right? Um, When she asks me like, what do I think? I think there's a lot of value in my response because I'm not going to give her the response of like, I'm going to be your dad and you're not going to date that boy. Right. Go ahead. See for yourself. I mean, I'm not going to say anything because I want you to kind of figure it out. That was like the most harmless time of her life that she can be with a kid like that. Right. Fast forward like four or five, six years. That's a different story, right? Because then there's more pain involved in what he could potentially do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel like as parents, you know, we, we really don't want our children to have, you know, pain and stuff like that suffering. But my daughter just had her first breakup after a year of a you know boyfriend for a year, and you know it took her her breath away. Yeah, you know it was like so painful. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I'm like, this is a rite of passage. Everybody mm-hmm. gets their heart broken. Everybody, you're gonna you're gonna get past this. You're gonna get through this, and you're gonna realize what you enjoyed about the relationship. You're gonna realize what didn't work about the relationship. You're gonna realize that that relationship was really important in your life. The breakup was very important. You know, everything has value. And, you know, it took a minute. It took a minute before she can get through it. But she she ended up processing it, you know. And and I told her, I'm like, you, you have to enjoy falling in love. You know, mm-hmm. the is better used and abused than unused. Dude, I love the perspective on it. I love the... The stepping back as a dad and not just saying I need to create safety. But is this a safe enough environment for my kid to get some bruises and scratches? Yeah. And and being able to go, yeah, it's not uh, they're I'm not going to protect them from every bruise because those bruises help shape who they are. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to drop them off, you know, Venice at uh, 1 a.m. Say right. find a boyfriend. But <laughs> but I'm going to yeah. allow them to live their life and then give them the freedom to think critically, which is something that you kind of alluded to at the beginning is the opposite of control, right? If 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 I just want to control my kid, then for everything, they're going to come to you and say, dad, what should I do? And then one day that's going to be to their spouse and then to their employer and then to every leader in their life. And they're never going to think for themselves. And that's what we really want to teach our kids to think for themselves. Absolutely. Like I don't, I never let them play a victim card. 
ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I tell them, you know, like, like, look, we, we might get victimized in life at right. one point or another, but we're never victims. Right. We have our control. We, we control what we want to be affected by. We have yes. that. Choice. We have the choice of how we will respond to this circumstance. Exactly. Uh, powerful man. Okay. So I asked you, I thought your response was great. I said, what ha- was the best resource to you as a dad? Mm-hmm. Remember what your answer was? Yeah. Google. <laughs> you said surfline. You said surfline oh. was your best. <laughs> Sorry. That was my, I had two responses to that. <laughs> uh, so as, as a dad, and, and I think this is really powerful. So I'll ask you why, but I said, Hey, what was the best resource for you as a dad? And you said surfline. Why yeah. did you put that answer? Uh, you know, okay. I think if, if as a parent, you don't have a passion, if you don't have something, if like your only passion is your, is your kids, right? It's not the only thing that you're passionate about. Um, a lot of things you, you, you'll put too much weight on yourself, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. too much pressure for everything to live through them. And there is just going to come a time when the kids are going to be old enough to like have friends and they're going to start pulling away from you and being with their friends rather than you being their best friends. Cause that could happen in the very first stages of their life where they like cling on to you for everything. I mean, we all have that moment, right? Our kids like yeah. party. They're like, you're like, okay, go play with the friends. You're like, no, no, no. I want to be with you. You know, that goes away quickly, you know? Yeah. And, Gosh. Right. Yeah. It, it's sad. <laughs> it is. That's why you have to be present. Yeah, you have to be present for it, but you're saying like, don't lose your identity, right? As a dad, you oh. still had your identity of, and I don't want to say identity. That's too, that's maybe too much. You had other things. You use the word passion, things that matter to you, things that you cared about. You were still living life, which is also a great role model example for your kids, yes. Um, for your kids to see like dad isn't just obsessed with us, which I almost think my kids could say that about me sometimes. Like I'm dreading the day my kids move out to some extent. Um, but, but to see them out living their lives, they need to see you living your life. Yeah. So I yeah. loved that answer. I mean, I guess there's that, you know, make, you know, you got to make yourself first um, in a way where you're healthy. You are yeah. living mentally, physically healthy life. Therefore, you can be really good to them. Mm. Yes. So it's not just about having a passion, but you are living a mentally healthy life so that that so that you can be there for your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, t- today's a great example. Like you met my kids. We're down here at the beach. I was having a weird morning and I had a break in my day. So I went out and surfed for 45 minutes to just kind of like blow the steam and just like be out there and be like, dude, you're yeah. surfing right now. Why are you irritated? Don't be a dick. Your kids <laughs> are watching you. You know what I mean? And so yeah. being able to create space for yourself to be mentally healthy, then you show up better for your kids. I mean, it seems like you've made that, like you've been really intentional about that practice in your life. I definitely try to, you know, because the last thing you want to do is be like really frustrated. Now, the flip side of that is like, now there's like a, there's a swell in the water. It's really good. Yeah. You're, you have to take like, I got to take my son to his basketball game, like an hour away. Right. You know? He's super into basketball. You have to accept it. Like, okay, this is where I'm going to go. 
I'm not going to think about the surf. I'm not going to be thinking about that. This is better for me. Yeah. I want to yep. go watch my, my, my kids, you know, play basketball. So do you have self-talk with yourself regularly making decisions about your day and your life? Are you communicating with yourself mentally? Uh, I mean, I have to be, I'm guessing, but I, uh, I, I do, I do have those conversations with myself when, uh, I'm faced with like a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, like, I really believe that stress is self-induced. Anxiety is self-induced. It's like something that we really allow ourselves to be, to feel, um, you know, there's like a lot of things in life that we were, we were wired to believe and we have to like rewire ourselves sometimes. How do you do that? Um, I think you just have to, you, you have to come you have to have a, like an understanding about what it is that you're, re, you're rewiring Yeah, and, and make it make sense to you because if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't, you won't understand it and you won't apply it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. So I have a couple last questions for you. This yes. podcast is fatherhood field notes. We've been doing it already. You've been opening up your life's field notes, sharing it. The mantra behind it, which we've touched on to some level is rebel and create. And the idea with rebel and create is as a man, you are a fighter, a warrior, a rebel. What's something you're rebelling against, whether it be I'm rebelling against my kids having their phones at the dinner table so we can create you know, family conversations to I'm rebelling against X, Y, or Z in the world so that I can create Y. So it's yeah. not just to be rebellious, to be rebellious, but because you're creating space to do something more life-giving. So when you hear that, what's something you're rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? Um, I mean, as of late, I would say, um, you know, ever since like election year, I've never been into politics, but like, it's been really weird. Like mm-hmm. our country, our world has become really weird starting with election year and then going into COVID. Um, you know, with COVID, I, I purposely rebelled against, uh, playing into the fear. Yeah. You know, um, when it came to, like, I told my kids, we're not going to watch the news. We're not going to listen to the, the radio. I, I will continuously like study up on the statistics make great you know choices for us and we lived pretty much stress-free through that entire covid experience where i know a lot of people had a lot of stress and anxiety in their lives Mm -hmm. they made a lot of poor choices um we were outside every single day so we created uh, a really healthy environment we rebelled against what the world was telling us yeah and we created something that was really positive from it. And we had a great time doing it. Um, and, you know, I understand why people were, they lived in fear. Yeah. Um, if they were literally, you know, watching the news, which most people do, that is something that um, they were going to live in fear. Yeah. It was like, you know, talk about being wired a certain way. You know, there, there are kids that are going to grow up with complete fear of having social being in a social environment because of it. Right. So I created, I think I rebelled against what was going on and I feel like I created freedom. And expand on that for what you feel like that showed your kids. Um, 
don't like, you know, like, you know, it's funny. You always hear this, right? Like, uh, don't believe uh, anything you what you hear and only half of what you see. But it's like, you need to do your own research. You need to think for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Be a thinker. Don't, you know, just because you go to school doesn't mean that you have to believe everything that you heard. You know, you're seeing it right now. You're seeing things that are, you know, on the news that are just straight lies. Yeah. You know, you don't have, like understand why it is that they do that. Like this, the news is a business. Yeah. Companies are a business. The government is a business. Psychologists, business. Everything is a business. Yeah. You have to understand it. There's a lot of business out there and not to like judge those businesses, but you don't have to believe what they're selling you. You can think for yourself. You can study up on it for yourself. And you can come up with your own conclusions. Love it. I mean, if if that's the one thing you left your kids with, is we taught our kids how to think and not just believe everything they're told. Uh, I mean, our world would look different a hundred years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you you've got like you think about medicine, like doctors, right? People mm-hmm. go to the school of medicine. They're not going to the school of healing. They're going to school of medicine. Yeah, geez. <laughs> just that you know name I mean? alone. Yeah. Just that name alone. And so you even if you were to go that route, learn about medicine, sure. You know, it's better to have it and not need it, but but go and learn, but also learn that there's like other ways of seeing things. Yeah. You know, that this is not set in stone is the only thing. It's crazy how our society is built so much on just believing whatever we're told. A hundred percent. You know, and you start to see it um, as your kids grow and you start to be aware and pay attention. You you put them in this system of just do what you're told. Um, yeah. But there's this interesting balance of of thinking for yourself, but not being rebellious, you know. But then we're in a weird culture, too, where it's like if anything you do could be offensive, you know. So well, So finding that... Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I think that uh, people act irrationally when they're scared, mm-hmm. you know, it's like fight or flight. And you, you've seen a lot of that going on right now is like people are fearful. They are acting out of fear. Yeah. So they don't know what to say. They don't, you know, so they just jump on a bandwagon because they think it's safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great thing. Why are you making this choice? Is it just because it feels safer? Yeah. You know, because if, if everybody believes this, then it must be right. And then it makes me feel good about my choice. Which is marketing. Which is, yeah, 100%. Marketing. Yeah, 100% marketing. You know what I mean? Like if we make, if we make everyone think that everyone believes in this, everyone will believe in it. If we can, if we could sell that visual that everybody believes in it, why don't you? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Then you feel left out. Yeah. And we all want to belong to something. We all want to be included. But a lot of times we lose our individuality by doing that. And yeah. and we want to teach our children to be themselves, to discover who they are. But then that comes back to, to you dads listening. Are you, I'm assuming you are since you're listening to this, but are you pursuing you? And like Eve said at the beginning is like, are you becoming a great man? Are you becoming a great human being? And if you're not, then your kids won't. And what more do you want? Like, I want my kids to be great. Eve wants his kids to be great. 
but that's going to mean us doing the daily practices of becoming great men. Okay. <laughs> so before I ask my last question, is there yeah. any, any stories, any thoughts, anything I didn't ask you that if you were talking to a dad, you're like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have shared this with him. Anything I missed. Um, you know, I think, I think having sharing that we both have 16 year olds, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, there's like some, there's a lot of importance that needs to be said about the fact that we were kids. We were kids. We were 16 once. Yeah. I think that parents forget that it, we, we were that age and we are trying to stop our children from being 16. You know, yeah. um, we want to keep them as innocent as possible for as long as possible. But at the same time, they are going to learn one way or another. You can be part of that, that growth, part of that education or with value, or you can let their friends do it for you. Yeah. You can be part of that education or not. Yeah. And that was part of the conversation my wife and I were having last night is like, in some aspects, my parents didn't ask me about certain things. So I was figuring it out fully on my own. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough, man. But I agree with your statement. Your kids are learning and you were 16. So do you want your kid to learn with you or do you want them to learn with freaking Netflix, Google and their friends? Exactly. I'd rather they got it for me than others. So, yes, you know, be, for sure. Be a kid, like, like I sometimes let my parent, my kids parent me. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. It's great. It's great when they parent me. It means that they've like, they've learned something. Yeah. And I'm uh, still a kid. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that last, that, that's really powerful. Um, That's, that's powerful. Dude, my last question for you, it's a legacy question. So imagine 30 years from now, 30 years from now, you are standing out in a cul-de-sac, peering into your children's homes. They might be married. They might have kids. They're living their lives. What is it that you see being played out in their homes? And you just get a smile on your face going, man, the work that I did is being played out now. I see it being played out in the way that they live their lives. What is it that you see? It it would have to be like that there are they're living the best version of themselves, you know, and through what I've taught them, they're able to do that. Mm-hmm. To consistently live the best version of themselves. You know, I and know that's a- hard ed. it's not super tangible. It's not something that you can really, you know, put your fingers on, but it's something it, that. Except that. Okay. So if I were to put that in a tangible, what does it mean to live the best version of myself? That's daily waking up going, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to choose to let my circumstances make me a victim. Like we've talked about a few times and I'm choosing to live. I'm choosing to embrace the day. And that that's what more is life about than discovering yourself through learning and growth. I mean, that's the best version of you. And that comes back to the question I asked you about surfing alone is I said, do you like performance or do you like do you do things out of enjoyment and you couldn't untie the two because you enjoy progress you enjoy and and i feel like it's more that you enjoy the beauty of experiencing life 
not being better than the dude that you're next to. It's right. like you want to continue to be better than you, which means that you're on a growth trajectory, which is look around us. Like everything's alive. Are you choosing to be alive? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Dude, that's freaking exciting, man. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can, and that's what I'm saying. Like if, they, if I look, you know, fast forward 30 years and they're living that, that, you know, yes. they're ego free. Like, because our egos make the worst decisions for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So they're insecure, they're insecure, they're without insecurity, without ego, and they're living with the, you know, the best version that they could possibly live of their lives. Hopefully with teaching their, you know, having a wife or a husband doing the same thing, you know, and raising kids to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, then you start to talk about like potentially like now you're talking about making the world a better place. And bro, that is why this whole father thing, fatherhood thing matters to me so much is like, you know, my son could marry your daughter. And so the way I show up, the way you show up is going to impact their family, which is going to impact their grandkids, which is going to impact like a hundred years from now. That's what we're shooting for. We're shooting for making the world a better place. And the power that fathers have is yeah. incredible to show up for our families. It's incredible. Absolutely. So oh. important. So, so important. important. So important. Eve, my friend, dude, thank you for taking time to connect with me. Thank you more for loving your wife, loving your kids, and for letting the world around you see how much you love them and how passionate you are to continue to grow and be alive and enjoy life and progress. And I just know you're having massive impact on, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400 years from now, by the way, you're showing up every day, loving your family. So keep doing what you're doing. And I just uh, am excited to continue to watch the way you show up for the world. Thank you so much, man. You're doing a great thing. So it's, it's really awesome to see this happening. Love it. Well, until next time. All right, man. I'm going to come visit you and we're going to go surf. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I could probably learn a few things from you. <laughs> I'm sure we can learn a lot from each other. What another incredible conversation. The idea of being present is something that's been so on my mind, something that I've been working on so heavily the past year that I'm present with myself, that I'm present with my kids, I'm present with my spouse. So this conversation was really important, really helpful for me. And then having teenagers, you know, just hearing other dads be so intentional about cultivating Healthy communication with their kids is so important, especially if we want to create this opportunity for our children to trust us, to come and talk to us, and to create a long-lasting relationship when they're also out of our home. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, What You Do Matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I want to say thank you to everybody who's continued to support the new children's book we're putting out, The Adventure of Fatherhood. If you haven't seen it, you can still pre-order a copy of it. It'll be out around January, February, because we are going detail. Every little detail that we can make uh, on this, we are working to make it so impactful because we really think that when a new dad or a young dad gets this in his hands, it's going to be an invitation to his role and a way for him to connect with his kiddos. But you can go to adventureoffatherhood.com and check that out. Thank you to all you dads. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. 